Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today Rabbi Schneider will be explaining the Jewish nature of Jesus. Jesus grew up as a Jewish man with a Jewish family. He identified as the Lion of Judah and Son of David. So why has the church, for the most part, distanced Jesus from his Jewish nature? Well, that's our topic today as Rabbi Schneider helps us restore Jesus' Jewish identity. Our series is called Reclaiming the Jewish Jesus. And if you'd like to take this lesson deeper on your own, be sure to download Rabbi's study guide. You'll find it and so much more online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Now here is Rabbi Schneider. As I've aged, the fire of the Lord has increased and increased and increased with me. I have a burning passion now to continue to push the envelope forward in the world, to reveal to the world, to the church and to Israel, listen, the Jewish Jesus. What do I mean by that? Both the church and Israel, oftentimes, when they think of Jesus, do not think of Jesus as a Jew, they look at him as a Gentile. In fact, there's been concerted efforts in the early days of the church that actually tried to strip Jesus and the New Testament documents of their Jewishness. Let me give you a specific example of that. In the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 4, in the original Greek language, the word pescha is used, which literally means Passover. But what did the King James Version translators do? They literally changed the meaning of the document, the original historical manuscript, to say instead, Easter. Easter, as many of you know, was originally pagan. It's connected to the Greek pagan goddess Ishtar, which is a fertility goddess. The early church tried to strip Jesus and the New Testament of its Jewishness. And I am here today to reclaim the Jewishness of Jesus. You see, you've been grafted in to the commonwealth of Israel. And it's important for you to know the Jewish roots of your Christian faith. Yeshua said to the woman at the well in John 4, woman, salvation is from the Jews. You see, I remember going to Israel years ago, my first time there, and I went there on what's called the pastor's familiarization tour, where a tour company just put out a blanket invitation for the heads of any congregations, rabbis, pastors, etc., to come to Israel at a very reduced cost. The tour company's hopes was that the leader of the congregation would fall in love with Israel, then go back to their congregation and bring the whole congregation there, which would have resulted in a lot of revenue for the tour company. So because the tour company wanted the congregational heads to develop a passion for Israel, they brought them there at a very reduced financial cost again, in hopes that I'd go back to the congregation and, and lead a tour there, which we ended up doing. But I remember going there, my first time there, beloved one, on this pastor's familiarization tour. And I was surrounded by leaders of congregations from all different denominations. And I was having my first dinner there at a hotel in Israel with the pastor from a mainline denomination sitting across the table from me. And what he said to me so repulsed me. And here's what he said to me. He said to me, 
Paul met Jesus and came away with pork on his breath. I mean, what a repulsive, inaccurate, obnoxious thing for him to say to me. But it was an arrogant comment that was trying to push Judaism and Jewishness out of everything. And you know what? There are many people in the church that are still carrying that sentiment in their hearts today. And not only that, but when Jewish people, both in America, in Israel, and other parts of the earth, when they think of Jesus, they don't think of Jesus as a Jewish thing. They look at Jesus as the God of the Gentiles. So I am taking a stand, beloved, to reintroduce Jesus to the world as a Jew. Now, obviously, I'm not the only one or the first one that is doing this, but I have a passion in me to push the envelope forward today. Let me give you an example of how significant this problem is, how the church and Israel thinks of Jesus. You know, the most famous painting of Jesus that has ever been painted is Leonardo da Vinci's picture of the Last Supper. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Leonardo da Vinci's portrait of Jesus, which is the most well-known, iconic picture of Jesus in the world, is an accurate representation of who Jesus is? Do you think Jesus had blonde or red hair? Beloved, he was a Jew. For example, I'm wearing what are called the payas or side curls. This comes from the book of Leviticus or Vayikra in Hebrew, chapter 19, verse 27, where the Lord told the children of Israel not to cut the side growth or the side locks of their hair. Why? Because he wanted them to look different than the world around them. Because they were called to be a nation of priests. They were called to be his in the world, to stand out in the world as his representatives. It marked them as different. And because this desire has been burning in me, I have stepped out in faith to do the same thing. To make a statement, Father God, I belong to you. I'm your representative in the world. I'm not of the world. I should look different because we're not of the world. I hope that you'll receive this, beloved ones. Some have asked, did Jesus have payas? The answer is absolutely he had payas. Why? Because he was a Torah obedient Jew. He was able to take our sin in his own body on the tree because he lived a perfect life in obedience to the law. He was sinless. And because he lived a sinless life in obedience to the law for you and I, he was able to die in our place and release us from the guilt of having not kept the law. But Jesus absolutely had payas. There's all types of different traditions within Judaism of how the payas look. Some grow them straight, some in curls, etc. But no question, he had the side locks. Another issue that I'd like to bring to your attention regarding what Jesus looked like is that he didn't look like in the portrait of the Last Supper by Leonardo da Vinci with fair skin. Beloved, he's from Israel. He had a Mediterranean complexion, an olive-colored skin. And how tall was he? Well, according to experts on ancient skeletons in Israel, Jesus was probably no taller than I was because the average Jewish male during the time of Jesus was 5'5". So I'm only 5'5 half. He looked, beloved, like a Jew because he is a Jew. Brown hair, brown eyes, olive skin. Pay us. And he wore what you'll oftentimes see me wearing, I actually wear every day, my Talit Katan, which is a four-cornered garment that I wear underneath my shirt for the purpose of attaching the fringes or the seat seat. And 
the reason that we do this is to remind us to walk in Hashem's ways, to walk in God's ways, because it's a visual reminder that we're living for him, that we're under his authority. Let me read you the section of scripture in the Torah where the Lord told the children of Israel to wear the tzitzit or the fringes. I'm going to the book of Numbers right now, chapter 15, verse 38. Speak to the sons of Israel and tell them they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations and that they shall put on the tassel of each corner a cord of blue. It shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord so as to do them and not follow after your own heart and your own eyes and after what you played, the harlot, so that you may remember to do all my commandments and be holy to your God. Now, I'm not under the law and neither are you under the law. But for me, this is just a visual reminder to order my ways after the Lord. You could say it's similar in concept to the bracelet that many people used to wear. What would Jesus do? The WWJD bracelet they wore to remind them to act in a way that reflected the image of Jesus. And so this is the same reason why Jewish men, when they pray on Shabbat or when they're saying their prayers, they wear the traditional prayer shawl. Why do they wear the prayer shawl? Because it's a four-corner garment that allows us to attach the tzitzit to, because the tzitzit or the fringes need to be attached to four-cornered garments. And that's why, again, I have underneath my shirt a talit katan, which is like a poncho. It's a four-cornered garment to attach the fringes or the tzitzit to. The point is, is that Jesus came as a Jew, lived as a Jew, died as a Jew, and I, beloved, by the unction of the Holy Spirit, want to push that revelation forward into the earth, both to the church and to Jewish people and Israel to reclaim the Jewish Jesus. I have a burning passion to help Jewish people all around the world recognize that Yeshua HaMashiach is the Jewish Messiah. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, and Rabbi will be right back. But first, did you know that you can receive real-time encouragement straight from Rabbi through text message? Visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com and click on the link that says Rabbi Text Me, or you can text the keyword Rabbi to the number 88777. Rabbi sends these special text messages as the Holy Spirit leads, and he looks forward to connecting with you real soon. Thank you for remembering that Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a listener-supported ministry. Rabbi Schneider's teachings are made possible through the generous gifts from people like you, who understand the importance of sharing the good news of Jesus' return. Because of you, we are changing lives all over the world. Give online by visiting discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 800-777-7835. And now, let's get back to Rabbi's message. Jesus is just being basically ignored by much of the Jewish community today. I want to push him forward in a way that he can no longer be ignored. In fact, when I've studied Hasidic Judaism, which is a beautiful expression of orthodoxy and the Hasidic tradition, very observant and also very much wanting to interpret the Torah mystically, 
When I study Hasidism, I see the way that the Hasids relate to their, what is called a Rebbe. A Rebbe or Rebbe is kind of a rabbi that is much more elevated than just a rabbi. The, the Hasidim look at their Rebbe as basically an intermediary between Hashem, between God and them. They believe that their Rebbe is basically living in union with Hashem, in union with God, but that he allows himself to come down to earth, so to speak, in his soul to be able to help and serve his chassidim, his disciples, his followers. And this is illustrated in so much of the culture. For example, oftentimes when the Rebbe has a meal with his disciples, with his followers, he won't finish all the food on his plate. What will he do with the portion of food on his plate? that he hasn't finished, he'll pass it around the table for all chassis or chassidim to eat from because the chassidim believe that if they eat from the Rebbe's crumbs, they'll ingest his holiness. In other words, the chassis look at their Rebbe the same way that we look at Yeshua. We take what is called the, the Lord's Supper. We, we take the matzah, we take the bread, we break it. We, Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. We take the wine, we drink it. Jesus said, this is my blood shed for you. In other words, there's not any difference in my view between the way that we relate to Yeshua and the way the Hasidim relate to their Rebbe. We're just pushing for the position that Yeshua HaMashiach is the true intermediary between God and man. He is the true, if you will, Rebbe. We want to push him forward and cast Yeshua forward in a Jewish light. In fact, did you know, beloved ones, that one of the first historical documents that we have where someone is actually called Rabbi is the New Testament? Think about this. One of the first historical sources we have where someone actually has the title rabbi is the New Testament. Yeshua was called rabbi 15 times in the Brichadashah, in the New Covenant or the New Testament scriptures. The word rabbi means teacher. Years ago, the Lord spoke to me deep inside me. I know I heard his voice. And he said to me, I was pastoring a congregation. He said to me, I want you to put this place in order and tell them to call you rabbi. Most people received it, but I got some significant pushback on it as well. You see, Jesus said, call no man father and do not be called rabbi. So there've been people for many years that have come against me. Why do you use the title rabbi when Yeshua said, don't be called rabbi? But beloved, Scripture needs to interpret Scripture. Jesus said, call no man father. Does that mean you're not supposed to call your father father? The same New Testament that says, call no man father also says, honor your father and mother. You see, the word rabbi, once again, it just means teacher. It's a title of respect. If it's wrong to call somebody rabbi, then I guess we shouldn't call somebody governor or president or doctor because they're all just titles that give honor for a specific position to recognize the position. You see, beloved ones, when the Lord said to me, I want you to take on the title rabbi, I want you to tell the congregation to call you rabbi and put the place in order, I in my own heart really struggled with it. I said, Lord, I know I'm hearing you, but it just seems, is this right? I was struggling in my spirit with it, but I didn't tell anybody about it. So not long after this, 
I came off what we call in Hebrew the bima, which is the pulpit one day from delivering a word. And as I was coming down from the bima, a little girl, she was probably like four or five years old, a little toddler, she came up to me. Her name was Kimberly. She said to me, Rabbi, she said, don't change your name. I said, what do you mean, honey? She said, you're the rabbi. And that blew me away. But if that wasn't enough, what happened was just a little bit of time after that, after delivering the word on a Friday night, I went over to go to sleep in the rabbi's quarters. It's a house next door to the Messianic Congregational Building where I was shepherding the congregation there. And I went to sleep and I was still praying about this. I still wanted to be absolutely sure I was hearing his voice correctly. So I go to sleep that night and the Lord spoke to me in my sleep. And this is what he said to me. Beloved one, I could have never come up with a sentence this sharp and this concise in a million years. As I was sleeping, the Lord spoke to me in my sleep by his spirit. And this is what he said to me. He said, the office that you stand in is sanctified and respect for it needs to be cultivated. In other words, the anointing people respect is the anointing they'll receive from. And so the Lord was saying, I want you to stand in this office because in order for people to receive my anointing from you, they need to respect the office that you're standing in. And so this is all just bringing up, I mean, no one has a problem calling their pastor, pastor, right? So why would we have a problem calling a messianic rabbi, rabbi? Listen, I'm not a rabbi in the traditional sense of the word. I wasn't ordained by an Orthodox yeshiva, but beloved ones, a rabbi is a teacher. And to the millions of people that are being inspired and helped by my teachings all over the world, to them, I'm a rabbi. And the real question is not whether I'm an authentic rabbi. The real question is, is Jesus really the Messiah? Because I'm pointing people to Jesus. And the most authentic rabbis in the world are those that are pointing people to Yeshua. In the book of Acts, Peter in Acts chapter three quoted the Torah, he quoted Moses saying this in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18. I'm beginning here now in verse number 15. The Lord your God, the Lord speaking to Moses, will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your countrymen, you shall listen to him. And then the Lord continued to say, I will raise up a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command. And then the Lord said in that same section of scripture that the one that doesn't listen will be cut off. Peter quoted that portion from the Torah in Acts 3, and he said, Yeshua of Nazareth is the one that Moshe, that Moses was speaking of there. Beloved, I am here to introduce Yeshua, not just as the savior of the world, but as the Messiah of Israel and the Jewish king who's coming back quickly. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. And today's message is titled, The Jewish Nature of Jesus. And it's from our series, Reclaiming the Jewish Jesus. We hope that as you listen to these daily programs, your faith is being built up and renewed through Rabbi's teaching of the Old and New Testaments. And if so, and you've been blessed by these messages, would you reach out and let us know? You can connect online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. 
And while you're on our website, would you please take a moment to partner with us right now so that we can continue to reach Israel and the world with the uncompromising truths of God's Word. Your gifts and prayers, they help us take the good news into places we could never reach without your support. And now here is Rabbi once again to share his heart with you about our wonderfully unique partnership opportunities. Beloved, the assignment that the Lord has given us at discovering the Jewish Jesus is huge. In fact, it's impossible without the power of God, the grace of God, and the financial help of those that believe in what God's called us to do. We are endeavoring to shift the spiritual culture of the planet so that the Jewish people and the nation of Israel can see Jesus for who he truly is, the Jewish Messiah and the Savior of the world. I need your help to continue to broadcast. It costs thousands and thousands of dollars to broadcast all over the world. Did you know that we're broadcasting into Israel right now? We're reaching almost 97% of the homes in Israel today that have television sets. I wanna ask you for your help. I need you to partner with me to complete this plan. Beloved, when Jewish people are calling upon the Lord to return, that will usher in his return to planet Earth. In the meantime, we need to preach the gospel and I need your financial help to do it. Will you make an offering to the Lord today through discovering the Jewish Jesus? If the Lord is leading you to open your heart and support this ministry with a financial gift today, I'd like to invite you to give online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com or give a gift of any amount before the end of the year. The number to dial is 800-777-7835. You can also send a donation in the mail when you write to us at Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan. 49228. And you know, when we dive into scripture, there is so much we can learn about the heritage of our faith. And by going deep in our studies, we gain valuable insights into how the Old and the New Testaments, how they connect. And if you'd like to learn more, we'd like to invite you to purchase a copy of Rabbi's book, The Lion of Judah. You can do that right now online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And then before we close today, let me remind you that we'd love to hear how your Hanukkah season is going. Hanukkah started at sunset on December the 18th, and this special set-apart season will last until nightfall on December the 26th. It's a great time to let your light shine, and we'd love to know how we can be praying for you and your family. We look forward to hearing from you soon, and now let's wrap up our study on reclaiming the Jewish Jesus with a special blessing from Rabbi Schneider. Blessings trump curses, and in the book of Numbers chapter 6, we find the ironic blessing that God commanded Moses' brother Aaron, the high priest, to speak over the children of Israel. There's power in blessing, beloved ones, so take part in receiving Father's blessing upon your life today. Yahweh <laughs> Ya'er Yahweh Penavelecha Vihunecha Isa Yahweh Penavelecha Veasem 
you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Let our prayer team pray for you. We lift up every individual request before the Lord. Submit your prayer request or testimony at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. That's discoveringthejewishjesus.com. You can also connect with us on your social media outlets to stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for Rabbi Schneider's teaching on the false perception of Jesus. That's Thursday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.